Nomine Patris et Filii Spiritui Sancti. We pray for the intercession of St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother on this third Sunday of Lent, that our minds and hearts be open to the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. I pray Lent up to this point has been productive, that whatever we've given up or added to our daily regimen has been beneficial in bringing us closer to God and or has helped us understand ourselves and our particular proclivities and desires a little more. One of the reasons that penance services are offered <clears throat> during these times of preparation, Lent and Advent, is the church's expectation that fasting and abstaining from meat has given us all an opportunity to look deep within our hearts and our souls and discover some element of darkness or of evil there and root it out, cut it out as we hear in the gospel. We hear that very concept, that rooting out or that cutting down of the fig tree in, in Jesus' parable, that fig tree that produces no fruit under the threat of being cut down. And one way to look at that parable is to see the gardener as Jesus, and each one of us is the fig tree. Jesus, the gardener, wants to give the fig tree one more chance, but he notes that the landowner should root it out if it still does not produce. After all, Jesus tells us twice, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. So that should be the focus of Lent for all of us, to examine why we're not producing fruit, to root out, cut out the evil underlying cause or causes, and to focus and meditate especially on the last four things. For those of you who don't know or need a reminder, the last four things are death, judgment, heaven, hell. And I want to address those today because Lent is the perfect time to do so. That's a traditional homily. I was one of my priest blogs that I follow <clears throat> this week. I was kind of struck. I, I guess I had never really heard the last four things boiled down like that as death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And so it's a traditional homily for Advent and Lenten times. Since we're busy rooting out that evil in our hearts, it's a perfect time to think about our own deaths. Death separates man's body, mortal body, and a mortal soul, and comes to all men as a result of original sin. Death is temporary, for we will be risen up again to be judged by Jesus Christ at the end of the world. Our whole being, our body and soul, will be rewarded for the good or the evil we've done, body and soul, in this life. And that at that moment of death, we are judged by God based on our conduct in this life, and sent immediately to our reward or our punishment. Again, at the end of the world, Jesus Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. That should sound very familiar because we say it every Mass. Come again to judge the living and the dead. And God's plan for existence will be revealed and his mercy and his justice demonstrated. So heaven is the eternal state of perfect happiness resulting from face-to-face -face vision of God and that's the reward of those who have served him in this life. And we call those souls the church triumphant. Hell is the eternal state of torment and despair, which awaits those who in this life have freely re rejected God and the happiness he offers. We call those souls damned. And then before the end of the world, there's an intermediary st intermediate state called purgatory. Those who are bound for heaven but are still marred by their sinful imperfection are cleansed by suffering fire for a time before being sent on to heaven. We call those souls the church suffering, 
And we pray for them at Mass, even Father, before Mass started. We pray for the souls of the faithful departed and all the, our beloved dead. And hopefully we pray for those in our own prayer time. I do that particularly when I pass graveyards. I say for a prayer for the souls of the church suffering. So I want to examine those last four things a little bit this morning because each one of us is going to experience them firsthand. Are you ready to die? Right now. Is your soul ready to see God right now? 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says, The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and death is no different, is it? Or is that idea of death something that we push to the back of our minds and try not to think about, thinking that we'll have a chance sometime in the unknown future to make things right? Experiencing death is a result of our being born into this world ruled by, as Paul says, the destroyer, the evil one. And the good news is that Jesus Christ has conquered death and has conquered the destroyer. But the question that we, each of us, needs to answer right now is whether or not we live in and believe in that good news. Whether we will be part of the Lord's army where we are called the church militant. We work to fight evil, external evil and internal evil, if we truly believe the good news. There's no shortage of examples of external evil in the world, from wars against each other to wars against the unborn, from validating lifestyles that go against natural law while belittling traditional family models, to assaulting creation, trying to wring out every little bit of life from her. Lots of examples of external evil. But it doesn't just exist externally, it exists internally in each one of us as well. And that's why Jesus gives us the chance and the charge to root it out, to fight it, to use the tools and weapons given to us by him and Mother Church in our role as the church militant, as the foot soldiers in the Lord's army against the destroyer. Jesus orders us to be perfect as his Father in heaven is perfect in Matthew 5.48. That's why confession is so important. It not only cleanses that evil, but it also replenishes our ammunition stores of sorts in order to be more effective warrior against evil in all of its forms, external and internal. But the problem comes when we don't take that fight seriously, when we are lukewarm about our role. Just as a lukewarm, uncommitted soldier may as well stay in the back, lest he put his brothers in arms in harm's way, we have to take our role seriously. Revelation 3.16 says, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. After all, we've been given great power in free will, and we ourselves decide what state our soul is in when we face judgment. But we hear that phrase, don't judge, and who am I to judge, thrown around constantly in our society and even within our own church. It's true, only God judges us at the moment of death. But because we have free will, we have enormous power to determine how that judgment pans out. Luke 12, 48 tells us that from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. One of those good movies, Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. We've been given full control over the state of our souls, which should literally scare the hell out of us. Especially if we're not going to confession on a regular basis. 
At judgment, God confirms what we've done in the lives we've been given. And no one goes to heaven or hell by accident. No one goes to heaven or hell by accident. We choose it. We can try to rationalize and justify our thoughts and actions, but I am who am is not fooled since he is the framework of existence itself. The unconsuming fire in the burning bush. The name I am is his name forever shall be remembered through all generations as we heard in Exodus. So that brings us to our eternal reward or punishment, the ones we ourselves have freely chosen. Heaven, the place of eternal and perfect happiness, the Father's house with many rooms where we reside within the perfection of existence. If we've we've chosen heaven but need some cleansing, we go to purgatory where we're purified of all remaining sin and imperfections. The church in her wisdom has given us the ability to to eliminate or shorten our time. We and others spend there in, in purgatory through plenary or full and partial indulgences, such as praying the rosary before the exposed blessed sacrament, attending and meditating on the stations of the cross. The biggest thing, though, is we need to remember that purgatory is not a goal. Our goal should be to go directly to heaven. Purgatory is not a goal. Jesus says, be perfect like my Father in heaven is perfect. Our goal should be to go directly to heaven unless our goal is hell. So how can one's goal be hell? Through knowingly rejecting God in order to satisfy our carnal urges. We call those mortal sins because we know they're wrong, yet we choose to do them anyway. We know they are wrong, yet choose to do them anyway. Pride, avarice, lust, envy, greed, anger, sloth. Sins of the flesh that we have an easy time justifying and validating and rationalizing will send us straight to hell left unconfessed. We choose the fallen world over the perfection of God. We choose carnal pleasure over eternal happiness. We choose self-aggrandizement and self-pleasure over cosmic perfection. And God honors that choice. The last four things, death, judgment, heaven, hell. They shouldn't be depressing or cause for concern for any of us. Surely not. Being that it's Lent and the church orders each one of us to go to confession at this time, Every year requires that we confess all mortal sins during this time. Surely we've all been to confession and are ready to die right now, right? However, if those last four things are causing any of us any anxiety whatsoever, it may be time to examine exactly why that is. Go to confession, abstain from receiving the blessed sacrament and adding more mortal sins of sacrilege and blasphemy. And root out whatever, cut out whatever evil it is in our souls that will prevent us from eternal happiness. Nomadipatris, Ephiliae, Spiritus Sancti. Amen.